Welcome to Global Outpouring. I'm Philip Buss. And I'm Sharon Buss. Welcome to our podcast today, where we're going to talk about what it means to step up into your rank. You have a calling, and you have a rank in that calling. We've been doing a study in the book of Ephesians, and we've come to chapter four. And the first thing that it talks about is walking worthy of your vocation. This is something that is a call to maturity, a call to stepping up into the rank of your calling. Philip, how does it read in the, in the Passion Translation? As a prisoner of the Lord, I plead with you to walk holy in a way that is suitable to your high rank, given to you in your divine calling. You know, Paul was, Paul was a prisoner. He yeah. spent time in prison. And because he spent time in prison, he was able to write these letters. If he had just been able to go about and, and just walk here and there and start churches, uh, we wouldn't have all of this writing. Yeah, and it's not like traveling on a plane today where you can just take your phone or your iPad and you can work while you're traveling. Yeah. But when you're traveling on a ship, they didn't have big pens and pads of paper <laughs> and you know they didn't have that means of, of writing things down. So Paul being a prisoner of Jesus Christ, the reason that we have these epistles is because of Paul being in prison. That's true. And he was a high-ranking general in the body of Christ. He was an apostle. He was he was a sent one, but he got sent to prison. But but it's because of being sent to prison that he was he was able to write these letters so that we could come into the fullness of what God has for us. And this word walk, walk worthy in in the passion translation it says walk holy. But I, I kind of like the some of the other translations that say, walk worthy of your calling, walk worthy of your vocation, walk worthy, this rank. So the word walk, it, it, it means to be occupied with. It, it's kind of like your daily thing. And it also means like to walk around. I, I remember uh, Jesus went around doing good and and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. It It has to do with what you're doing every day, that what you're doing every day is done in a way that's worthy of your rank. What have you been called to? It's not just your rank in terms of being, it's not like being a, a, a new enlistee or, a, or a, a corporal or a sergeant or a lieutenant or um, what comes next, a major or colonel or, or a general. It's 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 that, but it's it's also um, the fact that you have been brought into the body of Jesus Christ, and your our the word comportment comes to mind, our behavior. So our behavior reflects on Jesus. I think there's an awful lot of people that would come into the kingdom if they saw the people that that say that they are Christians behaving like Christ. 
the problem has been that we've had so many people not behaving like Christ that have caused people to be turned away from the from yeah. the word and, yeah. and turned away from the church. Yeah, they they see many hypocrites is what they would say. I'm, yeah, there's too many hypocrites in the church. <laughs> that's I've, why I don't go. I, I've heard it said that you know you could say to someone who says that, well, there's room for one more. Come on, because <laughs> <laughs> we all, you know, we all want to look good, and mm-hmm. so we all try to put on this this look good thing on the outside, where inside we may not be doing it to, for the right reasons. But God wants us to be doing it from the inside, to be walking from a clean conscience, walking with the Spirit. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. We're probably going to get into that a little bit further on. But what does it look like to walk according to our calling or to our rank? In the King James, it says, with all lowliness and meekness and long suffering and forbearing one another, forbearing one another in love, with all lowliness and meekness with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. Now, this word long-suffering, it refers to self-restraint of the mind before it gives room to action. Mm. Ponder that for just a moment. I'm going to even read it again. Self-restraint of the mind before it gives room to action. That's something that we learn as we grow. You know, a child doesn't have self-restraint they're going to they're going to hit their brother or sister you know bef- before they think about it uh, but but this this uh, long suffering is is that self-restraint that keeps you just putting up with it it's one of the fruits of the spirit yes it is yeah. and and forbearing means means to bear with or endure uh, you know we just have to endure one another recognizing that there are different levels of maturity in the people in the body of Christ. And we all have to grow up, but it works out of love. This agape love or that agape love is the, is the kind of love that comes from God. We, it doesn't, it isn't native to us. Our love, the earthly love, the fleshly love doesn't come up to that standard. It has to come from God and be birthed in us by his presence in us, by his spirit in us. But it's the kind of love that recognizes what the person loved needs and provides it. It's, it's the kind of love that is Jehovah Jireh, the Jehovah Yireh, the, the God that sees the need and sees to it. Uh, that's what he did for Abraham when he was about to sacrifice his son, Isaac, you know, at, at God's orders. God says, wait. I see that you are doing from the heart what I asked you to do. I'm going to provide a substitute. And that's where he provided the ram caught in the thicket by its horns. And he was giving that example of what he was going to do. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He saw that the world needed a savior and he provided his son. That's what Agapo is. It's that kind of love that, that is mature enough to look at what the person loved. So that so the people around us, as they're coming to the Lord and they're immature, they need our patience. They need our love. They need our putting up with them until they grow up. You know, babies, babies have to have their diapers changed from time to time. You know, 
there's messes that happen with children. And so as children are coming up in the faith, as they're coming up, even, even an adult that's newly born again has to have some patience. We have to have patience with them. And I think that's one of the reasons why people have fallen off from the church. Endeavoring to keep, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. That endeavoring means to be diligent, to work at it, keeping the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. What does it say in the Passion? Be faithful to guard the sweet harmony of the Holy Spirit among you in the bonds of peace. That sweet unity, that sweet harmony that comes from love. It can only be done in love. It can only be done through the Holy Spirit working in us. And when you have that spirit working in us, yeah, we can put up with stuff. You can't put up with stuff in your natural, natural way. We just... We don't have it. We don't have that. But that love, even even like parents' love uh, for their children, gives them a little bit of extra patience so that, okay, uh, I, I'm going to choose my battles. I'm not going to deal with that particular thing because I'm busy dealing with this thing. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going to deal with the temper tantrums right now because we're dealing with potty training. <laughs> <laughs> So, so the thing that makes us one, that unity, that harmony, is the fa- fact that there is one body. And that last, last time in our last podcast, we were talking about the fellowship of the mystery. And that fellowship of the mystery is the mystery of the uh, Jewish people that came to know Jesus because he walked among them. And they recognized him as Messiah and the Gentiles that were coming in with absolutely no clue about the scriptural way of doing things. They had just come out of idolatry, but they're called with the same calling. There's one body and God's trying to put us together. The the people that know what they're doing and the people that are clueless. But there's one body. We're being put together. There's one body and one spirit, even as you're called in one hope of your calling. Now, that's the same word calling that we saw in the first verse, uh, that this walk worthy of your vocation, walk worthy of your rank, walk worthy of your calling. Uh, There's one hope of your calling. And that hope is because of what Jesus did. He paid for it all and the Holy Spirit that works it in us. And Jesus was obedient to the Father. That's right. It's like your obedience determines your destiny. Absolutely it does. Yeah. And and that's how you work up through the ranks in the military mm-hmm. is how well you you do in, how, how, how do you perform in, in your rank? As you perform in your rank, as you do really well in your rank, you move up you get promoted to the next mm-hmm. rank. It's the same in school. You learn the stuff that you're supposed to learn. You test and you you do your assignments and you get promoted to the next level. And what happens if you flunk? Uh, you get y- to take it over yep, again. That's right. But there's there's one hope of our calling and there's one Lord and one faith 
and one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. How does it read in the Passion? Yeah, verse 4 through 6. Being one body and one spirit, as you were all called into the same glorious hope of divine destiny. Mm, beautiful. Yeah. Keep going. For the Lord God is one, and mm. so are we, for we share in one faith, one baptism, and one Father. And he is the perfect Father who leads us all, works through us all, and lives in us all. Amen. Amen. And it's the fathering that comes from him through his Holy Spirit that helps us to grow up. And then verse 7, it says, Unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. How does that read? And he has generously given each one of us supernatural grace according to the size of the gift of Christ. <laughs> yeah, hmm. I, I, don't, I don't know how you could even possibly measure that. His, his, his gift is, is from himself and he's limitless. You know, we think of giftings as like talents and things like that, but he has given us himself mm -hmm. and everything that we need to do what he's given us to do is in him. Yes. Let's go on to verse eight. This is why he says he ascends into the heavenly heights, taking his many captured ones with him. And gifts were given to men. In the King James, it says, he led captivity captive. You know, all that stuff that kept us captive before we were born again. And mm. even as we're growing, you know, we're throwing off these, these chains and bondages uh, of, of things that we learned in the world and, and things that were, that, pa that were passed down to us from our forefathers that made mistakes. But he gave gifts. These are, these are ascension gifts. The, he, he went up so that he could give us gifts. And then verse 9, go ahead and read that, 9 and 10. He ascended means that he returned to heaven after he had first descended from the heights of heaven, even descending as far as the lowest parts of the earth. The same one who descended is also the one who ascended above the heights of heaven in order to begin the restoration and fulfillment of all things. He paid it all. Paid it all. He came yeah. out of glory. He came and walked about on the earth, demonstrating the power of the kingdom that is yet to come, and he's coming soon. And he led captivity captive. He went down into hell after he was buried. When he died, it looked like he was being taken captive. Those princes, those principalities, the devil himself were involved with the cruelty, the cruel treatment that he took when he was shredded in that scourging and when he was cruelly, cruelly crucified. It's, it's supposed to be the, the cruelest kind of death that there can be. And the devil took him into hell to torment him and say, ha, 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 I've got you now. But Jesus remembered the scripture, that Psalm, Psalm 16, where it says, you will not leave my soul in hell, neither will you suffer your Holy One to see corruption. Kevin Zadai had an experience with, with the Lord where, where Jesus 
showed him what he went through when he went down into hell for three days. And he was tormented for our torment. He took that horrible torment, but he remembered that scripture that he would not be left there, that he would not see corruption, that he would rise again. And he rose triumphant. triumphant. And he took those keys of hell and, and death, death and the, yes. the grave. And he took them from the devil and he led captivity captive. He he paraded them in front of everybody in the heavenlies and said, ha, 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 ha. Now who's captive? Yeah. <laughs> but he wow. suffered for us in hell. But he did it to give gifts to us. So here are the gifts in verse 11. He gave, remember, agapao, agape, is the kind of love that sees what you need and provides it and gives it. So he gave some apostles and some prophets, and this word some can be either male or female. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. How does it read in the Passion? And he has appointed some with grace to be apostles, and some with grace to be prophets, mm. and some with grace to be evangelists, and some with grace to be pastors, and some with grace to be teachers. And their calling is to nurture and prepare all the holy believers to do their own works of ministry. And as they do this, they will enlarge and build up the body of Christ. That's what they are given for is to grow us up from being baby Christians into mature sons. So he gave these graceful gifts of apostles. Remember how, how Papa Doran used to teach it, that the apostles were like the thumb mm -hmm. yeah, and the prophets were like the, the pointer finger. Yeah. The index finger. Yeah, uh -huh. the, 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 the apostles have the strength to, um, set things in order and kind of push things into place like a thumb might do. And the, the prophets have like a, a pointer finger that points right at you and gives you the word of the Lord. And then the evangelist is the tallest finger and it stands out among the others to, to call people into the kingdom. And then the pastor is, is like the, the ring finger he's, he's like married to the church and he's the one that's like a papa over the church of uh, teaching and preaching and and helping helping people to grow and and then the teacher is that that smallest one that can kind of get into your ear and <laughs> and you know scratch what itches in your ear and help you to hear things that are deeper and take you deeper into the word of the lord so that you can grow up he gives these people to the body to help grow up the body to, so that each one of us will step up into our rank so that we will step up into the work of the ministry and build up the body into maturity as the body of Christ. I'm reminded that our father is looking for a bride that has the mature characteristics of his son. In Judaism, an Orthodox rabbi looks at a couple that's coming to him to say, we want to get married, to see if they look like each other. They should look like brother and sister. They should be that compatible. And, and our father is looking for a bride that has the same characteristics as his son. 
He's looking for that bride. So the, the bride has to come up into the rank, into the maturity of Christ himself. He's the head. We're the body. And that's what he's looking for us to grow up into till we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to know him. It's about knowing him, the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. That word perfect, uh, it's, it's teleos. It means to, as, to be mature as compared to a child. This is a mature person and not a childish person. That's what the bride is come is supposed to be coming up into, not behaving in a childish way. A perfect man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's our ranking. That's our calling. Do you want to hear that in the Passion? Absolutely. These grace ministries will function until we all attain oneness into the faith, until we all experience the fullness of what it means to know the Son of God. And finally, we become one into a perfect man with the full dimensions of spiritual maturity and fully developed into the abundance of Christ. Yeah, just like him. Just like him. I remember a prophecy that the Lord gave me um, years and years ago that there would come a day that people would say, what's Jesus like? And we would be mature enough to say, he's just like me. Wow. wow, what a thought, huh? Yeah. Go ahead, take the next verse. And then our immaturity will end, and we will yeah. not be easily shaken by trouble, nor led astray by novel teachings or by the false doctrines of deceivers who teach clever lies. This makes me think of where we are right now in our nation. Yes. Uh-huh. That there's this this shaking that's been going on. This shaking that started with uh, being locked in our houses. But God did it so that we could lock in with him and become more mature. He's He's calling his bride to to come away with him and to get to know him. And because that's what this that's what you just read. It's it's coming into this unity of knowing him. And that's part of the covenant is to know him so that we're not behaving like children anymore and we're not being shaken anymore because he's going to shake everything that can be shaken until all that's left is that which cannot be shaken. So if you're feeling shaken, it's time to come into a place of intimacy with him where you can be discipled by the Holy Spirit, coming into the, the word of God, letting the Holy Spirit teach you there's plenty of there's plenty of uh, resources available on the internet for helping you to to grow and and attending your church via uh, whether you can go there in in person or whether you go via podcast or whatever. It's it's about coming into that place where we're unshakable. Yes, but instead, this is verse fifteen. But instead, we will remain strong and always sincere in our love as we express the truth. All our direction and ministries will flow from Christ and lead us deeper into him, the anointed head of his body, the church. He is our head. Yes. And that speaking the truth in love, I want to read it from the lexical aids to the New Testament in my Hebrew Greek key study Bible. 
And Spiroso the Aves is the one who wrote those. And he wrote about this expression, speaking the truth in love. I really like what it says. It's from a word that means real, actual, not counterfeit, and to act as such. So it means answering to the truth to make it one's study. Thus, in Ephesians 4.15, the expression speaking the truth in love really means to make it one's business to express the reality of love and not to feign it. Or in other words, you might say to express the reality of love and not pretend. That's hypocrisy. Pretending to love without really loving. So God is trying to pull us up into that place where we are, where we are actually making it our business to love in reality hmm. and growing up in him so that we're getting fed. We're getting, we're getting our orders from the head, just like, just like our, our head in the natural tells our body what to do. You know, it's, it's from yeah. your brain that you get all the making all these movements happen. Mm-hmm. And I think we can go on with the next verse because that really fits with this. For his body has been formed in his image and is closely joined together and constantly connected as one. And every member has been given divine gifts to contribute to the growth of all. And as these gifts operate efficiently throughout the whole body, we are built up and made perfect in love. In the King James, there's an expression that says, joined together or knitted together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth. And that word joint can be, uh, can be ligaments. Some translations call it ligaments, call this word. That, but the, the, the meaning of this is that we all, every single one of us, every one of us are a part of the body and every one of us have something to contribute to the body. Mm-hmm. Every part of us has a supply. And so every cell in our body is important. So you are important and it's important for you to walk according to your rank, to step up into the rank that God has given you, to step up into that place mm-hmm. that you are fit into and that you supply what you have from him. So let's grow up into the maturity of the body of Christ. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the podcasting platform suggest this podcast to other listeners who are also looking for a great move of the Holy Spirit. Check out our website at globaloutpouring.org to find out more information, read our blogs, connect with us, and donate. You can also browse our web store for life-changing anointed books. Until next time, this is Sharon Buss. And I'm Philip Buss. God bless you with His overwhelming, loving presence.